Welcome back to Unwarp Reality, a podcast designed to help us see not through, but around the looking glass. Our aim is to help unpack the manipulation and bias prevalent in mainstream media reporting. If you're curious for more background, please listen to episode one, where we discuss in more detail the motivation and goals for the project. You can find it on our Substack or YouTube channels under Unwarp, that's U-N-W-A-R-P, Reality. I'm Liz, a cybersecurity specialist, cultural anthropologist, and world traveler on sabbatical, calling in from New York City. Okay, now you're on sabbatical. I'm glad you updated your description. (laughs) So I'm Becca, a psychologist, leadership coach, and social critic coming to you from Chicago. Great to have you with us. If you want to know more about who we are, you can check out the bio page on our Substack. In previous episodes, we looked at how the media tries to influence us to dislike certain people or ideas. Today, we'll look at how the amount of coverage on certain topics is designed to influence your perception of their importance. Yeah, and you might remember we previously mentioned the book Bad News, where the author points out how mainstream media outlets largely neglect lower middle class and working class issues. So in this brief, and it will be brief, episode, we will draw your attention to the lopsided focus on different stories and how this works to help support the media's agenda and worldview that does just that. Right. And so you may have noticed this yourself if you get news alerts, that certain stories seem to dominate what you get alerted to. Of course, part of this is based on the information that news sources have about what people are likely to respond to and be interested in. But because they are creating and sending the messages, this also gives them the power to inform you about what they think you should be paying attention to. Yeah. And of course, we know that your own news feed is influenced in part by the articles that you choose to read. But Those pop-up alerts and daily emails from major news outlets are not tailored to specific individuals' tastes. So it's those types of alerts that we're going to look at today, not the fact that Becca repeatedly gets BuzzFeed's top 50 teen heartthrobs from the early 90s and where are they now? Okay, please, because you really need to see where they are now. I'm also a huge fan of lists of like funny dad tweets. They're very enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, but anyway, back to the issue. So think about some recent events and how much or how little coverage they seem to have gotten. For example, to take an ongoing incident, how many alerts have you seen about the train carrying toxic chemicals that derailed in East Palestine, Ohio? I mean, in all honesty, I don't remember seeing any, but it's entirely possible that I could have missed one or two. But I know I wouldn't have missed it if it had gotten the same level of play as something like the Chinese spy balloon. That was all over the place, but the train derailment absolutely was not. Yeah, and I can tell you that the New York Times, at least, never highlighted it in their main daily email. I actually saw the most information about the events in East Palestine on Twitter, rather than from any mainstream media source. Hmm. Wonder why that would be. Maybe the demographics of those affected? I'm just imagining if the train had derailed in the Bronx instead. Oh, yeah, that would have been big, big news. So just to clarify, we, Liz and Becca, are not claiming that we, Liz and Becca, monitor every single source of news. Of course, there are things that we might have missed. And we don't know for sure what would have happened if the train had derailed in another situation. However, the fact that it doesn't fit with the preferred narrative of news is likely a factor. Yeah, and another episode that definitely had a skewed amount of coverage was when the classified documents were 
discovered at current or former president's homes. So I remember when classified documents were found at Mar-a-Lago, you could barely go for a few hours without a new story coming out discussing the ramifications of Trump's action, the illegality of removing classified documents from secure facilities, and whether or not Trump would end up in prison. I mean, you could almost hear the collective sigh of finally in that coverage. 100%. And you really could not have missed it. The coverage was endless. The alerts were endless. And in fact, Vox even published one of their explainers, this large piece going over all of the details about Donald Trump's crimes associated with the uh, materials. Yeah, but then more recently, when documents were found at Biden's home and office, uh, what we got instead was minimal coverage. And then the explainers were on why it was different this time. So the fact of the matter is no one should be removing classified documents from secure facilities. But when it's the national villain, we should stay focused on the potential crimes. But when it's everyone's favorite lovable uncle who just happens to be the president, then we should just ignore it. Yeah, the coverage was not at all the same. Maybe they figured we already learned everything we needed to know about the rules surrounding classified documents after the excessive explanations produced on the heels of the Mar-a-Lago search? I mean, that is a favorable explanation. (laughs) It's possible. Um, But uh, one other thing that I wanted to bring up today uh, was the coverage of the shootings in California in late January. So both, both of them perpetrated by... Um, Asian men against other Asians. So when the stories first broke, the mainstream media was churning out alerts. But it seemed like almost as soon as the identity of the killers were revealed, uh, they faded back into non-priority stories and no longer were receiving headline coverage or those constant updates. Yeah, definitely. And we can kind of compare that with the amount of coverage given in the wake of the killing of Tyree Nichols. I think few would disagree that the mainstream media is always ready to criticize the police and policing, and this tragedy just gave them that opportunity. It continues to get coverage, maintaining our focus on the issue. This is not to say that it's not important, but as we've already discussed, framing promotes a particular narrative. This differential coverage alters our perception of what is occurring in ways that are not consonant with reality. Right. The use of airtime to promote or demote stories, keeping some top of mind while letting others fade and some never even coming to our attention at all, is an active attempt to bias our understanding. I have yet to see any criticism from the mainstream media for the lack of high-level government presence in Ohio. I mean, where's that story? Yeah, it seems that they really don't want to draw our attention in that direction. Look the other way, please. We've got lots of other things we can alert you to. So again, our point is not to make claims about the level of importance of any of these stories. It is simply to point out that differential levels of coverage is a technique designed to warp reality. Okay, so as I mentioned, we're short on time today, and we're going to have to wrap it up with that. But thank you once again to all of you for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time as we continue on our journey to unwarp reality. Thank you. Bye. Bye.